Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, save on select steel battery tools. Right now, save $50 on the FSA 57 battery trimmer set. Real steel. Find yours at steeldealers.com. With AK-10 battery and AL-101 charger, offer valid for limited time only while supplies last. See participating dealer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It's time to get inside the Giants huddle. Huddle up, huddle up, huddle up. On Giants.com. Here we go, here we go. And the Giants mobile Get them in there, let's go. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Welcome to the Giants huddle podcast. I'm John Schmelk. It's brought to you by PSE&G. Energy efficiency for game time and anytime. Visit PSEG.com slash Giants for discounts, rebates, and home energy assessments. All right, big Friday show coming your way today on the podcast. Bob Papa, as always, he'll clean up and he'll talk to Giants head coach Brian Dable. Lance Beto and Paul Dettino get a breakdown from former NFL wide receiver Quadri Ishmael, who now covers the Baltimore Ravens down there in Baltimore. But we're going to lead off with my interview with Giants defensive tackle Dexter Lawrence. But first, just a quick reminder, go back to the previous episode on this podcast feed. I talked to a friend of the program, Charles Davis. He's on the call for CBS on the game on Sunday at 1 o'clock. Gives us some great insight on the Giants, Saquon, Daniel Jones, Wink Martindale, etc. Good conversation with Charles. Make sure you check that out. All right, let's get to the program. I lead off with my conversation with Giants defensive tackle, Dexter Lawrence. Dex, how are you, man? Mighty fine. How are you doing? I'm mighty fine as well. Thanks. Talk about the sack last week. You know, a lot of people in, on our broadcast, and we've talked about it, thought it was the turning point of the game. Uh, did you get that sense as the Packers were driving um, down and, and, and you really needed a stop there in the second half? Uh, I know we definitely needed a stop there, moving the ball pretty well. Uh, and, you know, when I sacked him, I, I realized it, it knocked him out of uh, field goal range. Yep. So that was pretty good. Um, you know, definitely brought a, a huge momentum swing to the team. And, you know, that's my job just to keep working and to keep, you know, just making plays. That's what the star players have to do. Take us to the play. How'd you do it? Uh, honestly, it's, it's probably um, TJ, to help, Tony, um, that helped me, Jefferson. He uh, mugged up. The, they called. They thought he was coming, so mm-hmm. they squeezed down. I kept running forward and ran right through him. <laughs> um, so he kind of helped me with that sack, so I give him some praise. You know, it's funny, and so that's you talking about how the scheme can help you execute what you're trying to do, right? Mm-hmm. And it seems like over the course of the year, the defense has improved over the course of games, right? Can you talk a little bit about how you guys work with Wink and the defensive staff to make those adjustments you have to during the game to what these other teams are doing to try to attack you that's allowed you to have this second-half success? Uh, we all listen to each other, and for the most part, you know, the coaches listen to the players and, you know, what we see and how we fill in things out. And so, you know, we all we all adjust. We all have to uh, understand how they're trying to attack us and, you know, adjust to that so I think it's like a collective communication a positive communication that everybody has like a hand in it and listens to each other and I imagine that's something that happens throughout the game just on the sideline when the offense is on the field yep for sure all right talk a little bit about 
you know, you talk about Wink and the adjustments of putting you in a good position. One thing he's been clear about when I interviewed him earlier in the year is that we're moving Dexter around too. People might not notice it, but he's not just right over the center in the zero technique all the time. We're moving him around. How has his ability to move you around and the way he's moved you around, you think, helped you be a little bit more productive this year? Um, I'd say it just caused a misbalance between the O-line. You know, they think that, like you said, I'm going to be over the center all game. And, you know, we, we move around a lot. You know, we show different people coming different ways, but we're still doing the same thing. Um, so that's kind of that kind of helped us as a whole. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just not me. It's, it's Leonard. Um, it's Jelly. It's, it's Hottie, you know, coming there. So it's like a whole collective group of people moving around, showing different things, showing different fronts. And, uh, you know, it gets confusing to the O-line. Can you sense that when you watch the O-line of the opponents try to block you guys, that there is some confusion where they're not exactly sure who's coming from where on any given play? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, because I mean, he he pressures a lot, and we do a lot of simulated, so it's kind of they kind of guessing in the sense like where what's going on. A lot of people have said they think you're having a breakout year, right? And especially in terms of your of your pass rush. I always like to ask players this because I asked Andrew Thomas this last week. If he's having a breakout year, he goes, I thought last year was my breakout year. So I'm curious, when you watch yourself and you've kind of taken in what you've done the first five games, do you think you're having a breakout year? Um, I can't say that. Uh, you know, I feel like I've, I've always been kind of productive, um, you know, in rushing the passer yeah. or stopping the run. You know, now it's just, you know, I'm getting, I'm, I have a few more, I have a few early sacks, you know what I mean? Uh, it's still, it's still early in the season and I'm still, you know, trying to uh, craft my, like craft my technique and things like that. So I won't say it's a breakout year, you know, you know, things just, you know, sacks are just coming to me now, you know, I'm kind of just, Finishing rushes, um, you know, that was a big goal of mine, you know, just winning at the top and not slowing down and accelerating my feet. So, I mean, I want to say it's a breakout. It's just more, you know, things things are just going my way. I don't think people realize what a thin line there is between a pressure and a sack, right? And sometimes the things you don't even have control over, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, exactly. Everything has to work together. So I give a lot of props to the guys back there, you know, holding up their guys and, um, you know, giving me time to get the, to get the sack, things like that. Um, so I just say it's a collective group. It's a collective thing to get, get a sack. It's a lot. <laughs> Every time we talk in the offseason, you talk about how I want to go on a work on my pass rush moves, right? And you come back and you're a little bit better the next year. And I agree. I think you have been productive as a guy that pushes the pocket, gets pressure on, on, on the quarterback every year. What are some of the things that you really think you have improved on that you have gotten better at over the last few offseasons that you've worked on that have allowed you to start becoming a little bit more productive as your career has gone on? Yeah, just using my hands more, um, mastering my, my position type of thing, um, understanding what I'm getting with this look, understanding how to manipulate shoulders and understanding how to get the off, offensive alignment off balance, things like that, that kind of helps, you know, coming with power and length and, you know, things like that, you know, just that you consciously have to do and because, until it becomes second nature. Now, you're a bigger guy, Dex, obviously. Mm -hmm. You're playing like 90% of the snaps the last few games. Do you like that? Have you started feeling it at the end of the game? You're laughing. Is, is that right? 90? Yeah, yeah. You've been between 80 and 90% of the snaps last, I believe, three games, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I, I, I don't feel it because we're winning. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's just, you know, I, you know, you know, I wanted to come back in shape, you know, just, you know, for things like this. You know, I want to be on the field as much as I can. And um, so... That was kind of a big thing. You know, I accept my, every role I get. I don't complain. I just go go and work. 
Uh, you talked about the winning. You know, you've been through some rough starts to seasons here. Mm-hmm. What's the difference when through five games you're four and one instead of one and four? What? How is it different coming in every day, going through the meetings, and just preparing for the game each week? I think it just brings more confidence um, in the in the in the office. Um, everybody just. You know, locked in more. Everybody, you know, wanted to see how to improve. You know, because we, you know, obviously other teams make plays. So how to slow down them making too many plays type type things, and you know how to start faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it's just we challenge ourselves each week to to get better in little areas so we can have a try to have a complete game. You know, and one way this has worked is that you guys have had a bunch of injuries, right, on both sides. And, you know, last week we saw Nick McLeod, we saw Justin Lane, guys that weren't even on the roster when you made the first 53. They got brought up, they come off the practice squad. Marcus Johnson led your team in wide receiver snaps last week. He came off the practice squad, right? How does this coaching staff and, and the players who have to get coached up, obviously, keep everyone ready so if they need to step in if somebody goes down like Leo for example someone else can step in and they can perform and execute the task that's asked of them uh, it was a collective effort and like 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 we all said in, before um, you know we want to play for each other it's like a family here and that's the biggest thing we're trying to build you know uh, guys being unselfish guys understanding what we have to do to help each other win you know that's the little things that's being keyed in on and you know it's just uh Props to the coaching staff having everybody ready to go. The players having each other's players, like their room ready to go. And it's kind of just a collective whole uh, as an organization. Well, it's been fun to watch, Dex. Let's talk about the Ravens this week. Lamar Jackson, uh, <laughs> different type of dude, right? Mm-hmm. So what do you guys have to do well and differently on defense to contain a guy that can beat you with his arm and his legs? Right. Like you said, he's very dynamic. He can do a threat to the fullest uh, running pass. So, honestly, it's just, you know, kind of like every week, almost stopping the run. <laughs> uh, yeah. We got to get, you know, we got to collapse the pocket on him. Um, we got to stay disciplined in our in our run gaps, um, disciplined in our in our rush lanes type thing. So, all of us, is is a collective whole. Um, you know, D-line up front, we take it as a challenge um, to keep him bottled up as much as we can. We know it's, it's not going to be... As pretty as we want it to be but the goal is to keep them bottled up you know um, put guys at his feet make them run backwards instead of sideways and forward type of thing and um, you know it's just it's going to be a, a, a good task for us and we, I think we're going to be ready. Yeah, that's him in the passing game, but he's also a part of the design run game, right? They're going to do some read options, and the move that's worked for them a lot is fake the sweep, and then he goes right up the gut, and then he's upfield and he goes. So what do you, as the guy in the middle, have to worry about when you're reading that running back and him in in terms of who you even know is going to get the ball? I say it's just being disciplined to the blocks you get. Um, like I said, like we all got to be in our in our in our run gap. Um, mm-hmm. Understanding that you know that's they they want everybody to go flying to run the ball right up the middle. So as, as a collective, we just being disciplined on playing the block that we get, and then go, finding the ball later. Watching the tape, it looks like J.K. Dobbins is like getting ready to have that breakout game coming back. When you watch him and their other running backs, Kenyon Drake on tape, what do you say? Uh, dynamic guys, like you said, they all they all run hard. Um, you know, it's just like it's like every week, just getting eleven guys to the ball. You know, trying to get the ball up off him. You know, make him stop his feet at the line of scrimmage and and started to let, let everybody come and get him. Um, you know, they guys that can break for a good size run. Um, but at the same time, you just gotta be disciplined in our, in our uh, gaps because he can pull the ball anytime he wants. 
How big will it be if you get Leo back this week? Really huge. Um, he he holds it down um, in the middle along with me. Um, you know, that's my brother. Uh, I know he's been hurting a little bit, mm-hmm. so I'm sure he's going to be excited to come back when he does. And um, it's going to be a good thing. You know, get a lot of guys, you know, start to get the defense complete. Two fun things before you say goodbye. What's been the feedback on the sack dance? Mostly positive? Oh, definitely positive. <laughs> uh, you know, you don't see too many big guys move like that, so it's been positive. Yeah, and the good thing, too, your teammates gave you some space, right? Because yeah. a lot of times you start the dance, they get in the shot, you can't really do what you want to do, but they, they gave you some space there, right? Yeah, I don't think they want me dancing on them, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great, great point. Number two, um, I'm not sure how many people outside the organization know this, but you're a big dog guy, right? You have a lot of dogs at home. Tell the folks about all your beautiful dogs. Oh, man. Uh, so we got Maya, Koa, Reese, Atlas, and Caesar. Um, five of them. You know, they 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 run they run us up the wall, uh, but they're good dogs. One slept in the room last night with us, so it was cool. Bulldogs, right? Uh, American Bullies, yeah, XL. So, yeah, it's, it's going well. Um, they're my babies. <laughs> good stuff, Dex. Best luck this week against Baltimore. Thank you. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps. In the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com, or download the app today. The Giants' official connected TV streaming app, Giants TV, brings original video content and game highlights on demand and direct to Big Blue fans. Giants TV is free on Apple TV, Roku, and Amazon Fire TV, plus the Giants mobile app. That was Giants defensive lineman Dexter Lawrence. Fun chat with him. Now let's turn our attention to the Baltimore Ravens and the opponent this week. Quadri Ishmael, former Ravens wide receiver, Vikings wide receiver, among other things. Brother to Rocket, our very own Paul Dottino and Lance Meadow, broke down everything Baltimore Ravens with him. After a trip across the pond, the Giants return home to host the first place Baltimore Ravens out of the AFC North. To get more into the Giants' opponent this week, we are joined by a man who played 10 seasons in the NFL as a wide receiver, helped Baltimore win the Super Bowl following the 2000 campaign. He now serves as a Ravens pre- and post-game analyst for WJZ-CBS in Baltimore. None other than the missile, Kadri Ismael. Kadri, you got Lance Meadow and Paul Dottino here on Giants.com. Greatly appreciate the time. Hope all is well. How's everything on your end? Lance, Paul, things are well. Uh, Football season is knee-deep underway. All the... The subplots and stories and, and, and the games themselves, it, it, it's making for a fun year. 
It is indeed. And speaking of the subplots, that is a beautiful transition to where I want to start this conversation off, Kadri, because the biggest subplot of all is going to come to the forefront this week. Wink Martindale going against his former team. And then clearly there's a lot of people in Baltimore that are very familiar with what Wink loves to do on the defensive side of the ball. So everybody's trying to make sense of strategy wise. Who has the advantage? Is it Wink? Is it everybody on the Ravens side? How do you see the game of chess that will ensue this weekend between the Ravens and the Giants from that standpoint. Yeah, I'll throw another little uh, chess piece in there and, and talk about the night that is the new defensive coordinator, uh, Mike McDonald, who was a disciple of Wink Martindale, who went to um, Jim Harbaugh, and he was his defensive coordinator up at Michigan before John Harbaugh scooped them back up when uh, they parted ways with Wink. And now McDonald has pretty much a lot of the same calls and the defense is, is, uh, is, it's, it's very identical. Now what makes it different is the fact that you got two different personalities and wink obviously, and how he likes to call it a game plan compared to what uh, Mike McDonald likes and prefers as far as his game planning. But uh, yeah, I think it'll be interesting, you know, from an offensive standpoint, because you know, you're going to you're going to know Wink's kind of tendencies and personality, but he can throw a wrinkle in there. I think for the defense, it's, you know, trying to maintain their poise, because I think for Dayball, I don't think he really cares. He's going to do what he's going to do with his offense. And, you know, you're going to try to stop him. Andre, it seems to me that no matter how much you plan for Lamar, the problem is the off-schedule plays where he can go 75 yards in the blink of an eye and run for a touchdown out of a broken play. So you could game plan all you want and, and play disciplined and follow everything that you've been told, and he still can wind up burning you for a touchdown, like I say, in a moment's notice. So when, when you look at, at what he's done over the last few years since he's been in the league – what defenses have had the most success against him and what is it that they did? You know, I think, um, you know, going back uh, from the start of his career up into present day, you know, when you see Lamar up close and personal for the first time, it, it kind of shocks you because you, you right. You're not used to a quarterback being that explosive, that unique. Um, but then at the same time, you know, he can he can sling it and he, he does such a, a phenomenal job of extending the play. I, I think his his growth and his game has gotten to the point where, you know, he's not looking just to primarily run. He's looking to extend plays to get the ball down and push the ball down the field to his guys. But you did say, you know, what, what was it that defenses did? You know, we, we've seen defenses do a lot. And one of the ways I say um, the Miami Dolphins last year, they decided, OK, we're going to line everybody up on the line. We'll, we'll momentarily confuse your, your line as far as, you know, five man, six man pressure. We're going to man up guys across the line and just bring pressure. But also that man to man speeds the clock up of the receivers. Let's see how you guys can handle the poise. They didn't. And Miami got the best of them. I think at the same time, you look at games, say, the Tennessee Titans, where they would bring in an extra defender and, and play that big nickel, if you will, and kind of almost spy Lamar. Um, so you would have assignment football, but you're also having that spy on Lamar. And, and, and again, 
it would lend itself to, you know, the, the off schedule throws is one thing, but what has made this offense so well is that first down now all of a sudden it's second and two. Well, I think those teams that were able to get them in second and 13, they wound up having a better chance of success because now it's third and eight because they even did a better job of, of, you know, stopping that run that has been so dominant. And then when you try to throw the ball, it, you know, causes uh, some, some advantages to the defense, if you will. And I think that's what has helped teams. Um, but I will say, yes, Lamar is a great job of, okay, you are going to do that. Well, in the game of chess, you also have to have your counter moves. I think we've seen them employ those those counter moves um, a lot this year. Like I said, in reference to the Miami game, where last year the zero coverage, zero blitz schemes worked. This year they did not, as far as offensively for Lamar. Kadri, you brought up the rushing attack, and Lamar leads all quarterbacks in rushing yards as well as average yardage per carry. Not that that's a surprise, but when you think about these Baltimore teams in years past, it's not only Lamar that you have to worry about. It's a plethora of running backs. That hasn't necessarily been the case this year. Gus Edwards still sidelined. J.K. Dobbins just came back, and clearly they've had some movable parts at left tackle with Ronnie Stanley now working his way back from a torn ACL. So how would you best assess the dynamics outside of Lamar when it's come to the Baltimore rushing attack thus far? Yeah, it's been a work in progress, Um, work in progress because like you said, those injuries, I think that's what really just set back this team last year. Um, Greg Roman loves running the football. Everyone knows it Um, here in Baltimore. He's kind of a lightning rod. People love him or hate him. Uh, There's no real in between. He can have a great game and, People are going to be complaining. Um, oh, it's all Lamar and no one else. And it could, you know, whatever. So that being said, I think the running backs, and they've done a great job of running back by committee because of the injuries. I think it it went from being such a dominant known factor to an unknown factor. Now this year it is slow treading, but I think it's trending upward when it comes to J.K. Dobbins, who is back and really has shown himself, and, and you could see why he's so special, because guys who, you know, in their prime, they were looking really good, but, you know, when they came here to Baltimore to kind of fill in the, the cracks because of the injuries, they just weren't the same backs. Now, for what we've seen with J.K., uh, it, 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 there's a just a different sense on the field. Makes guys miss. He has that sudden burst up the field, can break tackles. Um, that That's what he brings to the table. Justice Hill, he was in there. He performed well um, against the New England Patriots. He did um, a pretty strong job uh, even against the Buffalo Bills. But alas, he had a hamstring injury. He was out. So, you know, in comes Kenyon Drake again, who was inactive for – um, once once J.K. got back in there. But all that being said, I think the fact that Ronnie Stanley is back, I think uh, it, it brings life again. The likes that it reminds me of when they were 2019 when I termed the offense bully ball, when they were just rushing up and down the football field on teams and, and just manhandling teams, really bullying them by running the ball. Um, I think we saw some some of that against uh, their division opponent in, in the Cincinnati Bengals. 
How much of an issue is it for their passing game? I know that Bateman's got the foot injury, and it's kind of sketchy as we speak as to whether or not he'll play against the Giants. Duvernay's got great speed, but not as accomplished as a receiver as he is as a return guy. And then you got Mark Andrews, who just does so many amazing things out of the tight end spot. But nonetheless, that does seem to limit their passing game if Bateman cannot play. How much of an impediment do you think that is? Well, again, I, I guess I got to refer back to uh, the Bengals game because he, he, you know, right, he didn't play, and Devin Duvernay more than stepped up and, and answered the call. Uh, they used him quite a bit in in a variety of ways. He he was, you know, the East Coast version of of Debo Samuel's, um, and 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 again, I look at you know some of the catches that he's made, some of the contested catches that he's made. That you know, some people here in Baltimore comparing him to um, the the one free agent great in Anquan Bolden, who uh, was an integral part of the 2012 Super Bowl championship team. Um, but he he is as advertised, real fierce competitor, um, can run routes and and really do a fine job of run after catch. But um, also just giving him the ball on a jet sweep or what the heck they lined him up in the backfield. And they just gave him. They just pitched the ball to him and let him go on a on a traditional tailback sweep. With ironically enough, Mike Davis, who is the the running back, who was the actual quote unquote fullback on that particular play. So uh, I just think that you know they they find creative ways of getting their guys the ball. Sure, Bateman is going to be missed, no question about it. I know uh, Robinson has done a, an admirable job of of filling in and 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 being a you know somewhat of a veteran presence, but uh, everything runs through Mark Andrews, and I think for Mark Andrews, what he's done, one on one, double team, whatever, when it counts, he shows up for Lamar Jackson in the discussion. We're talking with Kadri Ismail, former NFL wide receiver, helped win a Super Bowl with the Ravens. You can see him on WJZ CBS in Baltimore, pre and post game analysts for the Ravens. It's interesting, Kadri. You look at the numbers. The Giants have been a second half team. They've scored 70 of their 103 total points in the second half. The Ravens have been the complete opposite. They've given up a boatload of points in the second half, 74 to be exact, fourth most. And you look at their two losses to Buffalo as well as to the Dolphins, they jumped out to these early leads, and then all of a sudden, in a bang, they saw it dissipate, and all of a sudden the opponent rallied. I'm curious, is that more of a reflection of the offense in your mind, taking its foot off the gas, or just defensive breakdowns piling up? You know, I think it's a combination of both, but it would be more slanted towards the defense. Uh, the fact that the offense, you know, jumped out to such a huge lead and 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 had the momentum, uh, sure, they got to finish games. But I think defensively, anyone will tell you here in Baltimore, you, you've built your team's, uh, you know, mindset or character or uh, brand on on defense and and play like a Raven, you know, it's, it's, it's smash mouth defense. We're, you're, you're going to know that you played against the Ravens. You're going to know, you know, that pursuit to the ball is, is vicious. Um, that being said, yeah, uh, Josh Allen had his way. Tua Tungavailoa had his way, both of them in the second half. And I think, you know, a lot of it, you know, is with the secondary, the, the lack of communication um, at times really cost them. I think what 
some Giants fans might not really want to hear, but uh, the return of JPP to the Ravens this time, as opposed to being in Tampa, but um, he's really, you know, sparked some, some much needed life into the defense. And, and as the cliche goes, you know, there's nothing like a good pass defense, like pressure on the quarterback and it starts up front. So the fact that he was able to, to get after Joe Burrow, both him and Adafi Owe, I think that really helped out nullify the big play. Uh, and they finished the game. They, they put the game away. Marcus Peters had a phenomenal um, finishing game as well. So all of it, you know, you, you, you got to look at the total picture and the total picture is, yeah, they, they, they have to own the fact that they gave up large leads and couldn't finish. Thankfully, they're on the right side of it against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. But now you got to go back on the road. And as you said, you're going to face a team that's really good in the second half. Hugh, let me ask you about two veterans who have had really terrific careers, but I don't know how much juice is left in the orange. Justin Houston, who's nursing that groin, and Calais Campbell. And then I guess as a as a flip side to that question, what about a young guy like Patrick Queen, who, if he continues to ascend, could truly become an impact player, not just a good player who's led the league, uh, not the league, but the team in tackles for two years, but could really dominate a game if he's got it going right. So I think when you see how John has you know, brought in free agents, him and Eric DeCosta, the general manager for the Ravens, um, it is the Justin Houston's of the world that they, they love to bring in and get, you know, guys who uh, are inexperienced through the draft to, to pair them up and, and, and give them some understanding on how to be a pro. Um, and Justin Houston is, is that guy. I think he's really been instrumental in helping out Adafi Owe. But uh, Patrick Queen, I think, is really blossoming into his own. You know, he is is really hard on himself in a, in a good way in that, you know, he recognizes the legacy of, you know, Ray Lewis and, and what it means to be a linebacker here in, in Baltimore and um, the way in which you got to play, the, the, the toughness, the hard knows, you know, speed to the to the football, make your presence felt. And when it's time to make a big play, make a big play. Uh, he had an opportunity to make a big play, a game ceiling play, if you will, or at least momentum changing play against uh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen threw it right to him. He dropped it. He comes back that week of practice, works incredibly hard. And sure enough, you know, uh, chance favors the prepared. And, and sure enough, he, uh, he gets an interception because – he was working on his craft and, and realizing that he missed an opportunity to help his team win. So um, I don't know. I, I think for Justin Houston, he he is nursing that groin. The bigger picture is let's get him to where you need him, which is, you know, December and January. I think for Calais Campbell, he's feeling really good and, and kind of having that fountain of youth. And I think John Harbaugh and company, they do a great job of giving – you know, veterans that that 10 plus year guy, you know, a lot of rest to recover so they can go out there and perform on Sundays. Kadri, it's interesting when you look at the dynamics of this Ravens defense, they're giving up the most passing yards per game. So everyone's throwing against them. But on the flip side, they're extremely opportunistic because they have the most takeaways at 11 and the most interceptions at eight. So how much has the ability to take the football away in your estimation, done some damage control to some of the struggles they've had in limiting the pass. 
Yeah. So it, and it's weird too, because I know Marlon Humphrey, their uh, star cornerback, you know, he hadn't mentioned it. It was like, you know, it's weird. We got these guys that, you know, are, are, are legit, you know, they're, they're stamped, they're verified that, you know, these dudes, we could play and it's not showing up in, in the stats and we're just giving up big plays. And I think, you know, the communication, it goes back to the communication. Uh, Marcus Williams is, is going to be sorely missed. He's been put on IR. Um, so he's going to miss the next four weeks with a dislocated wrist. But that dude has been, you know, a ball hawk reminiscent of, of Ed Reed. Um, and, 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 and that's something that, you know, you, you were really counting on. But uh, now you're going to have uh, Geno Stone, you're going to have uh, Chuck Clark, and you're going to have Kyle Hamilton, the team's first-round draft choice, in there. And I think for all of them, it's like, hey, man, make sure everybody knows, you know, what each other is doing and, and, and be responsible for one another and, and help one another. I think that's going to be, you know, the elephant in the room. You know, when, when they've, they've been on point, Man, they they look great. That's one of the decisive things that I saw with the New England game. They were on point as far as their technique and everything and creating turnovers. But when they were off, all of a sudden, you know, was it Devontae Parker, I believe, is with the Patriots. And they made that dude look like he was, you know, the the former first round stud. And he just he got like second second life. I was like, my goodness, you know, uh Nelson Aguilar looked like, you know, he could he could indeed legit uh you know, catch babies from a, a burning building. So <laughs> I just, I just, I was like, wow, it, it didn't make sense. The up and downness, but when they lock in, you know, which they did against an extremely talented group of receivers and tight ends against the um, Cincinnati Bengals, they, they held up. And I think, um, you know, they need to, to sustain that and carry that into this game against the giants. One of the things that, that Lance always likes to preach around our programs to our listeners, Quadre, is about finishing off drives. You know, you can't settle for those threes. You got to get sevens. And the Ravens this year, they're in the bottom six of the league in terms of red zone defense. Now, you could talk all, all about the secondary and, and their issues, but, you know, when the field gets short there, it's not necessarily about the secondary. What do you think the biggest problem is for them in terms of stopping people out of or keeping them out of the end zone? Yeah, it is uh, the the lack of disrupting um, what the offense is doing. I think you know coordinators are recognizing you know you 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 the counteraction to what the Ravens do is giving them a misdirection. The counteraction is causing this team to not be aggressive, and that pause causes confusion. Whether it be motioning, whether it be you know tackles pulling and yet you're you're going to the tackle side and you're blocking down on a wham block or whatever it might be um and it and it and then it's just poor you know poor assignment you know you're you're there you got to make the play you got to finish you know you could point to a, a a slew of things that has caused them issues in the red zone when you look at the dynamics of the Baltimore Ravens cadre we always clearly Look at special teams as a huge strength with what Justin Tucker brings to the table. And there's no point to asking you. We know he's automatic and nothing has changed this season based on the game winner against the Bengals. But what has changed, which sometimes can be overlooked, is he's got a new holder because Jordan Stout's a rookie punter. 
what have you seen out of how those two are working together and why perhaps it has been a relatively smooth transition when sometimes that can throw a new wrinkle into things? Honestly, Lance, that question has so much depth to it. Um, you know, it, people would, would, would just like, ah, what, what does it matter? We're, we're talking about the punter and the holder. Well, we're talking about the greatest kicker of all time, too. And we're talking about a kicker who relies upon his snapper, his holder, and obviously him finishing it. Um, they would call themselves the Wolf Pack. And it was uh, Morgan, Sam Cook, and obviously Justin Tucker. Free agency happens, injuries happen, salary cap happens. You know, uh, Sam was the last of the, the two to go, and now they got a new snapper. They got a new holder and, and Jordan Stout, <laughs> but Justin Tucker is still doing his thing. However, I will say Sam uh, Cook is on the staff. So because he's on the staff, he, I think, has really given uh, Jordan some really cool insight on what Justin likes, how to hold the ball, what's the routine. And so, you know, it, it, they don't want to call it a new anything nickname yet. But I guess if you just real quickly want to say Wolfpack 2.0, it, it's there. Um, obviously, you know, Jordan has his responsibilities with with uh, punting the ball, too. But um, I, I am saying that is one of the most uh, just just clutch performances I've seen out of out of the rookie class and you can probably look across the NFL of what what Jordan Stout has done Hugh I gotta ask you to help me out here because Gian Ward is having a really terrific start with the Giants they call him the live wire you know that he's been a great locker room guy he's been very very good at the point of attack and holding the edge against the run game he's versatile Seems to be a very football smart and astute individual. He's been on five teams in seven years, including the Baltimore Ravens. The Giants are thrilled to have him. What am I missing here that these other teams allowed this guy to bounce around and get away? So I think part of it is that he identifies really well with what Wink wants him to do. And sometimes you need support. Um, and in a way of encouragement of saying, look, I believe in you. This system is built for you. You're seeing that on the offensive side of the ball with Daniel Jones. Obviously, Dayball has come in there and, and, you know, once left for dead and people looking at him as a, uh, a coach killer. Now they're looking at him and like, oh, my God, the revision of Phil Sims. <laughs> what? We're like, okay, we're not going to go that far. But no, that being yet. said, though, he he is off to a high start because of just that 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 chemistry. And I think, you know, Jihadi War, he just has that chemistry within Wink's offensive system or de- I'm sorry, defensive system, and he's thriving. And you know, and, and that's good for him. I'm 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 happy for him. I think, you know, Raven fans are like, dang it, you, know, you could have done more, but. You know, you have to do what's best for you. And, and obviously, you know, he, he's uh, in good hands in, in Wink's defense. Kadri, before we let you go, in terms of pass rushers that we're talking about and the injury report as we're talking to you right now, still very much up in the air, but two guys that started practicing the other day for the Ravens, interestingly, David Ajabo, as well as Tyus Bowser. Doesn't look like Ojabo is going to play, but John Harbaugh didn't necessarily close the door on Bowser 
who had been on PUP, and he led the team in sacks last season. In the event they can get him back, especially with the way you were talking about JPP's been playing, what do you think that does to the guys up front? Man, I'm telling you right now, that would be so awesome. Um, he's worked his butt off to get back in play with the Achilles and really credit, you know, Tyus for, for his, uh, his, just his mental fortitude. Now the rotation amplifies and that's something that, you know, I think, uh, you talk about finishing in the fourth quarter, you know, you, you got guys who, who can give each other a break. Woo, Lance, I'm telling you that that's where, the secret sauce is that, you know, in that fourth quarter uh, in, as far as finishing off games. And, and I think Tyus can, can be that, that uh, added depth of talent. Uh, it's one thing to have depth. I mean, everybody can, you know, pick up a free agent, but is whether or not that guy can, can be an impact player. We clearly see it with JPP being an impact player. Uh, you bring in Tyus back from, from injury. Uh, I just think it just adds to what the Ravens are trying to do. Could certainly add another layer to this Giants-Ravens matchup coming your way on Sunday. He is Godry Ismael, former NFL wide receiver, helped the Ravens win the Super Bowl following the 2000 campaign. And you can see him on WJZ-CBS in Baltimore, where he serves as a Ravens analyst on their pre- and post-game shows. Godry, always a blast catching up with you. Greatly appreciate the time and the insight, and we look forward to Sunday's matchup. Thanks for coming Great on. Great stuff. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Just a reminder, everybody, the Giants Huddle Podcast is part of the Giants Podcast Network. It's on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and at Giants.com slash podcast. But the Giants Huddle is not our only podcast. We also have Big Blue Kickoff Live. It's live on Giants.com in the app every weekday from 1230 to 130. Then it's archived on the Big Blue Kickoff Live podcast feed and the app, of course. And we're also doing a draft season every three or four weeks or so. Uh, that's our NFL Draft Podcast. It focuses on college football in general, not on the Giants. So if you want to kind of get ahead a little bit about what type of players and what strong positions are going to be in the draft this year, go check out the Draft Season Podcast. Myself, Tony Pauline, Eric Crocker. You can find it on his own podcast feed. Just search for Draft Season. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps, in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com, or download the app today. All right, everybody, let's get now to our final interview every week. The head coach of the NYG, Brian Dable, sits down with the voice of the Giants, Bob Papa. We're joined, as always, by the head coach of the New York Football Giants, Coach Brian Dable. Coach, um, has the team responded to the long travel back from London and kind of the work that you've gotten in this week? 
Yeah, we've had a good week. I think the guys came back. Uh, we gave them a couple days to kind of rejuvenate a little bit. Um, they got on the film of Baltimore, and then we started practice on Wednesday. Uh, they have a good mindset, and we're, you know, we're getting ready to roll. All right, let's talk a little bit about this Ravens team. Uh, they can score. They're averaging 27 points per game. Hey, look, they've only had 26 snaps this season when they were actually trailing in a game. Um, so they, they put points on the board, and I guess it all kind of starts with the quarterback, doesn't it? Yeah, well, first of all, it's a great organization. It's a, a winning organization that has been established, uh, you know, quite a few years back with Coach Harbaugh and, and even before that. Um, and they play with a certain style, and it's been impressive to have the run that they've had in terms of, you know, winning seasons and playoffs. And um, obviously Lamar Jackson on, on the offensive side of the ball really makes everything go. He's a, he's a dynamic player with his arm. He's a dynamic player with his legs, and he's a winner. So we're going to have our work cut out for us, uh, you know, with Lamar, but with all the other guys too on offense. Yeah, and, uh, you know, their, their tight end, uh, Andrews, has been spectacular. He leads all NFL tight ends in receiving yards. And if you go back to last season, and including the first five games of this year, he's got the most receiving yards of any tight end in the sport. What makes him so effective within their scheme? Well, one, he's just a, a good player. He's got very good instincts, good feel in a passing game. Um, he understands how to run routes. He understands leverage. He has good hands. He plays physical when he has the ball in his hand. Um, he's, he's a go-to guy for him uh, in critical situations, and we're going to have to be on top of our game with him. And then, you know, the multiples that they use at the running back, they got, you know, uh, J.K. Dobbins, who was on IR all of last season, so he's kind of working his way back in. But they have a nice complement of rotation guys in the backfield, don't they? They really do, and I think their front does a great job. I think Coach Roman does a does an unbelievable job of, of scheming, and, you know, there's a, a wide variety of runs. They're creative. Um, they're very sound, and it's it's difficult to practice throughout the week because of the amount of things that they give you, whether it's motions, the personnel groups. Um, they bring guys back to create extra gaps. Uh, they motion a bunch, so it's a, it's a challenging scheme. And then, you know, with those runners and their front guys um, and the addition of the quarterback that, that you've got to account for, it's a very challenging scheme. Coach, you go to the other side of the ball, it's, it's been a little bit unraven-like when you look at some of the numbers and the statistics. Uh, Baltimore has always been known to have a tremendous defense, and we're only five weeks into the season. But one thing they are very proficient at is taking the football away. They're plus five, and they've got eight interceptions, which is number one in the National Football League. Yeah, this is this is a Ravens defense. I mean, some of that game against Miami at the end of the game there, they gave up some big ones. You know, numbers are – you can look at numbers any way you want to look at them. they got uh, very good football players. Uh, like you said, they haven't really trailed very much this season in terms of plays. So uh, an opportunistic defense – uh, with a lot of good football players, you know, whether yep. it's Humphreys, whether it's Peters, those guys are instinctive corners that, that really have great awareness and, you know, jump plays, make plays on the ball, and, you know, they lead the league in, in turnovers. Uh, Patrick Queen had a big interception last week in the win against Cincinnati. You know, he's a playmaker in that front seven, and then they got some they got some veteran hands there. I mean, you know, Calais Campbell in his 15th year has been a guy that, you know, has wrecked games over the years. And they added Jason Pierre-Paul to use in like a, a sub package. And, you know, they really got a lot of talented guys and guys with a lot of experience. Yeah, very, very talented. They're, they're big. Um, again, instinctive. They know how to play the game. 
Uh, it'll be a tremendous challenge for our offense. Coach, um, obviously, so far this season, you know, this is a fourth home game already in this early part of the season. You've won two of them. Um, just kind of trying to build upon that momentum of what has been established so far in MetLife Stadium. Yeah, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to, to create a home field advantage for ourselves and, and go out there and play well. And the fan base has been fantastic. Uh, it has been loud. It's been hard on the opponent offenses. And, you know, that's that's what we aim to do is is to go out there and try to play well to, to encourage, you know, their support, um, how loud they are. Uh, it's just uh, very thankful for, for the people that come out to the game and, and cheer us on. Coach, final thing, um, I want to ask you about this because I know that the league, you know, we've had a couple of roughing passer penalties that were called. And I know Perry Fuel, who's the head of officiating, uh, sent out, you know, a video to everybody. Uh, is that something that you spend a lot of time on or, uh, you know, reminding your players of, hey, here's what the rules are and here's what the guidelines are? You know, make sure you keep your focus. Yeah, I think that, you know, as a coaching staff, you watch any of the videos that the NFL sends out. They send them out for a reason to help us instruct our players. And, you know, that's what we try to do in terms of all the rules. We, we don't make the rules. We have to coach and play by them. And we do our best to, to teach them. And our players, I think, understand them. And, um, you know, that's, that's how we approach it. Coach, best of luck. Looking forward to the ball game. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate you. We thank Brian Dable for joining us. As always, thank you to Bob. Thanks to the missile, Quadri Ishmael. Lance Meadow, Paul Dottino, and Giants defensive tackle Dexter Lawrence. Thanks for being with us on the Giants Little Podcast. We'll see you next week, everybody. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top ten for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And hmm. not to mention we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, save on select steel battery tools. Right now, save $50 on the FSA 57 battery trimmer set. Real steel. Find yours at steeldealers.com. With AK-10 battery and AL-101 charger, offer valid for limited time only while supplies last. See participating dealer for details.